In the new Black Panther movie, Shuri and the Queen have a short discussion about the dangers of AI or artificial intelligence. And in the conversation, Shuri reassures her mother by saying, AI isn't dangerous. It does what I tell it to do. So the queen is still hesitant, understandably, because she has fears around artificial intelligence that stem from what many people's fears are. It stems from science fiction, that AI is going to evolve a mind of its own and kill everybody. But I actually think that an AI takeover is not quite the thing we should be preparing for. The concern is actually more around what Shuri says as a benefit, that AI and technology does what we tell it to do. So why is that a concern? Because if any technology or system is a reflection of the humanity that creates it, that uses it, then what will the technology do if the humans that give it commands do not even know who they are? Which actually is what I think the last half of the movie gets into. So if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it. It's a great movie. It gets into the question of what happens when humans act out of disconnection from their emotions and their soul and instead stuff it down or shut down their heart as they continue forward without really processing the roots of their deepest doubts, their rage, their grief. This is a question that I'm going to get a bit into today, along with another question that came up when I was in conversation with somebody as we were playing with AI, specifically the DALI AI and Midjourney softwares, both of which are art softwares. They're available online and they are creating art with the assistance from artificial intelligence. All you have to do is have a thought in your head, type it into the box, and voila, several images are processed and created for you in less than a minute. The images, of course, don't always look like what you had in your head when you were typing, but amazingly, the software returns art that you may never have been able to imagine on your own in the first place. So there's definitely a magic in that. But after a few rounds of playing with different prompts, my friend turned to me and said, so what's the point of making anything then? I assumed it was a joke uh, because in my optimistic mind, of course, as humans, we always have a purpose. We always have a point to our existence and especially our creative output has a point. It's especially serious to me, and I have no question about that. But it is a legitimate question for many people, especially as technology develops. So I'm here to ask it. I feel it. What is the point? What is the point of existing, of trying of creating when there is this entity out there that can do it faster, more efficiently, 
and maybe even more creatively than you, what's the point then? Welcome to Inner Space Revolution. I'm an artist and designer here to unpack the mysteries of creativity that live at the intersection of what we think we know and what we definitely don't. So if you're a curious soul longing to go beyond constant optimization and dig up your creative potential, ask yourself what can happen when we collectively venture into our inner worlds, when we master our minds beyond the status quo and what it asks of us. What happens when we embrace the depth of who we are? Come with me to find out. Okay, so what is the point? That's the question of the month, the year, the decade. What's the point of life, of pain, of joy, of productivity, of being in stillness? What's the point of these circles that we continue to traverse through over and over and over? So before I get into how artificial intelligence fits into the conversation, I want to discuss what this question of what's the point meant for me this month, because it was one that I struggled with hard and I am still struggling with today, but not as much considering I am actually planning to release this episode. So what is the point? November 2022 and Scorpio season for me will forever be known as the month that nearly took inner space revolution out. <laughs> I didn't really tell anybody this, but long story short, I got to the point where I considered deleting the podcast, deleting Instagram, and then just surrendering back into the comfort of relative obscurity where my creative output is mine and mine alone. And none of my triggers can reach me. I don't really know what exactly came over me. I think I told myself that I was tired, which I was, that I needed a break. I had just put out six um, Yoga Nidra live classes. And I was getting used to being a content creator, I guess, where I was putting stuff out every other day. And at some point, it started to feel very empty. So I said, okay, I'm going to take a break. Let's see if it comes back to me. There was just something not inspiring about where I was at the beginning of November. Maybe it was the energy. There was a lot of, there still is, a lot of fear and division coming to yet another unbearable crescendo that I didn't want to be a part of. I didn't want to get sucked into it. There was the impact of that crescendo on everybody else that I could feel. And little did I know, it was just my shadow coming to say hello. It was all of the above. It was the shadow. It was um, all of the craziness that is happening and continues to happen around the world. And... All of it together created this 
cloud that I couldn't escape from. Even after fleeing to the jungle for 10 days, because that's exactly where it finally came to really confront me and shake me up. And I'll say that nothing huge happened externally to me to prompt that shakeup. It was all internal. So if I were to describe the process, basically every mistake or flaw that I ever observed in myself began to come up again and continuously explode in front of me through triggers outside of me until I finally looked at them. And of course, while I was by myself in Mexico with nothing but jungle critters every night, that's the perfect time for that really to showcase itself. Astrologically, you could also say that the weather was in a spell where my deepest wounds and self-doubts would be highly activated by literally everything. And that definitely felt like that was the case. Things that haven't phased me in a long time were able to trigger me like I was back in my vulnerable childhood shoes telling me that I'm not capable, that I can't do it, that I can't live up to my own expectations, etc., etc. So at the beginning of the month, I was proud. I had completed a goal of mine to share these yoga nidra classes. Um, At work, I was also getting into some really cool projects. And by the end of the month, I simply wanted to let it all go, retreat into a cave forever, and not ever log into any social media account ever again, never have to record another podcast, never have to deal with disappointing anybody or myself. Because this all comes down to being a perfectionist about the work that I do because I am highly judgmental of all of it. If I let that perfectionist self take over, I would never release anything, right? And so basically it was imposter syndrome coming in hard. I felt like I had nothing more to share. I was telling myself, why should you try to do more in any way? Why should you try to establish new goals for your inner space revolution practice, for instance, when so many other people are doing more interesting and more eloquent things with their time? Who are you to think that you have any place in the airwaves or in the field? It's interesting also to notice that these feelings come up exactly after reaching a goal or when I'm at the cusp of formulating my next goals. And I want to note that because it's right when we are always ready to move forward and do something new that we have to look in the mirror and reassess our equipment before we climb the next mountain. And so November was my time to look in the mirror and 
I did. <laughs> I looked way in the mirror and I didn't like it. And I didn't give myself credit because I wasn't taking into account that, hey, I just finished climbing this last mountain of goals. Of course, my clothes are going to be a little ripped. Of course, I'm going to be a little rough around the edges. Of course, my newer goals are going to be intimidating because they're new and I may not know exactly how to go about them. And it's okay. It's going to be hard. By the way, I am okay now, so please don't feel the need to send me any sympathy for this spiral. I only temporarily believe these thoughts when they flood my psyche. And the reason I am sharing this is because it is a part of the larger story that I'm trying to tell. You'll see the connection soon. But I want to show that these cycles happen, that they are not fun, and that even though I was highly triggered by external things, I chose to constantly check myself in the mirror without letting that mirror stop me in my tracks or go back to where I came from with my tail between my legs. So for instance, I often wanted to take the easy route and blame all of these people, the world, for the level of awareness that they were functioning at and how they were being, how they were affecting me. But I know, even though it feels right sometimes to to blame other people, you can't really blame people for who they are, especially if they're not purposefully hurting you. You have to make choices yourself. So instead, I went the other way. I went inside. I asked, what are these souls, situations showing me that I need to face before the next part of my journey. So anyway, what is the point of sharing that? One, it is very uncomfortable to do so. I have a lot of thoughts running through my head about how I've probably shared all of that before already and I'm boring everybody and it's not about me. But... It is related to my next point, which is this internal blockage cycle that I experienced is a micro fractal of what happens at a larger scale of societal progress. And it is these cycles, when we go through them, that helps the larger scale of societal progress move forward as well because we're all connected, right? Let me explain. You could say that humanity right now has accomplished so much, and not just when it comes to building incredible technologies like artificial intelligence. Despite what we see in the media, we have also developed our collective spirit in significant and commendable ways. Just look around and you'll see that many of us value kindness, compassion, and justice. But the trouble is, we're all perfectionists. 
just when we get to a pinnacle of progress as a society, we take that moment to look in the mirror and we see all of the places where we as a society haven't yet grown. All of the places where we're still not ready for the next step. Not taking into account that, hey, we just finished climbing this last mountain, which happened to be a pandemic and mass spiritual awakening. So of course our clothes are going to be a little bit ripped. Of course we're going to be a little rough around the edges. Of course this next post-pandemic mountain is going to be intimidating and we may not know exactly how to climb it. But what we can't do is let this look in the mirror stop us in our tracks or go back to where we came from out of fear with our tails between our legs. As a society, we are currently being mirrored all of the things, all of the places where we have yet to grow up, all of the places where we may not be quite ready to climb the next mountain of progress. And you can see this reflected in everything, whether you're looking at widespread inequality or corruption or just the straight up evil that seems to be popping up every other day. The reflection is rough. It's visible. We don't like what we see so much so that we might even pretend that it's not there. Because it's easy to get downtrodden by all of the work that needs to be done. It's easy to be discouraged. But we have to keep going, even if we don't know what the next best step forward is. It's not that there's a right next step. There are many potential next steps. But the important key thing is to take the step consciously, with awareness, with intention. And we do that by deeply knowing and connecting with the parts of the reflection that we don't like. The things that cause us grief, rage, and more. And because the universe is a fractal, this can be done on multiple levels. The personal and the social. So for me, on the personal level, I was reflecting in the mirror about deep self-doubt, about what my inherent value is, about how worthy I am of my own creativity for creativity's sake, forgetting that I truly don't need external circumstances to assess value for me. All I have to do is acknowledge my grief about how much I've given this power away over and over and over. And the rage about whoever or whatever traumas and karmas instilled this tendency in me. On the collective level, it may also be deep self-doubt that we need to reflect upon. Doubt about our inherent value outside of the chains of 
the systems that have sustained us thus far, doubt about how worthy we are of our own creativity for creativity's sake, forgetting that we truly don't need any system to assess our value for us. All we have to do is acknowledge the grief about what we've lost to the system already. The rage about how it's taken advantage of us for centuries, chipping away slowly at our core humanity, at our imagination. Because without facing these reflections, then we let them drive. And they can either stop us in our tracks or take us back to places we thought we've already been through. Over and over and over until we truly feel the pain of the power we've let slip away. And finally decide to take it back. back to the idea of artificial intelligence. Arguably, AI is one of the exciting next steps that we can take as a humanity into the future. Go sign up for the DALI and Midjourney softwares yourself, and you really won't be able to tell the difference between human and AI art, what was made with human consciousness versus what wasn't. It's definitely mind-blowing, and if the technology evolves in the way that it has been, then that line is only going to get more blurry between human versus non-human consciousness. So the question arises again, what's the point? What's the point of creating if artificial intelligence can create everything for us and do it better? If all you have to do is have a thought in your head, type it into a box, and voila, something you didn't even imagine gets created with a click of a button. Let's look at AI as a mirror. It's a collective mirror. And I want you to look closely at what happens in between the point where you, as a human, have a thought and the manifestation of that thought into art or reality. Most people, when they have a thought, like, say, a house made of cherries, most people can visualize that in their mind's eye. Before AI, this space between thought and manifestation or creation was extremely wide and free. The creator has a thought, but they may not take the action to manifest the idea. It takes work. And so the idea stays free in the ether. If the creator does decide to become a creator and take action to manifest, it may take a good amount of labor 
to create the visual of a house made of cherries in a way that another human can observe. As the creator partakes in the physical labor of making a house made of cherries, the visual in their mind's eye shifts and changes as they create the art in the physical world. For example, if they're painting, an accidental brushstroke may dictate where the image goes next. Their imagination gets a workout because it is collaborating with the physical brush. Their brain, their imagination is lifting weights in the workout of creating an artistic reality. With AI, on the other hand, the space between the thought and manifestation, or creating the art, has the potential to narrow quite dramatically. Humans become more initiators than creators, and the visuals in the mind's eye become anchored by the visuals that the AI has created first, rather than from within the mind's eye itself. The origin of the creation shifts from authentic intelligence, aka imagination, to artificial intelligence. The creator's imagination in this case can go one of two ways with the weightlifting analogy. The creator's imagination can be enhanced, much like an athlete who uses biohacking tools to track their vitals and attain peak performance. Or the imagination can atrophy, just like many of the muscles humans have had in the past. Why make fires when I have a lighter? Why learn to cook when there's a microwave? Why retain environmental awareness when we have Google Maps? Why memorize phone numbers when I can save it on my phone? Why use my mind's eye when the AI can do it for me? Maybe not a big deal, you know, just the natural progression of technological progress, right? To save time. Because time is money. But if this is the root of our thinking, it may seem harmless. But the thought that time is money is actually where I think the question of what's the point originates. Because often, what's the point is asked in the context of the societal systems that we live in. In the way our current thought forms are set up as a society, many of us get paid to build and manifest and imagine. We manifest businesses, we manifest neighborhoods, public works, financial modalities, etc. And the question of what's the point when I was talking to my friend about artificial intelligence, that question seemed rooted in the future of work. What's the point of me making anything if I don't get paid for it? Or if there isn't a reason for me to do it monetarily? That's how I saw it. I'm not quite sure if they meant it that way. But going back to incentivization of our creativity, 
Humans are highly incentivized to play in the space between thought and manifestation when it comes to society building. And we're able to imagine the world into existence because we get paid for it. However, this incentivization of imagination has its limitations because it works in a narrow space whose boundaries are marked by a hierarchical economic system that compensates our imaginations for powering that system's interests. So if artificial intelligence, one, narrows the window between thought and creation, and two, is also designed to blindly follow the specific goals of the system it's built in with no qualms, then the question of what's the point is quite legitimate. In this system, who even are we? What are humans for? What is our imagination for? And it's not as simple of a solution as, well, I'll just use AI to enhance my work and I won't atrophy my imagination. Done. We all start with that intention. But I think it's important to keep in mind that when new technologies are designed in systems that disincentivize us from utilizing our God-given gifts, then eventually they do atrophy. Not because we wanted them to, but because a system told us that we didn't have the time because time is money. And when we don't use our imagination, we lose it. And honestly, out of starting fires and cooking skills, imagination is one thing I would hate for humanity to willingly give up. Of course, I may be taking an extreme perspective here in order to make a point, because I'm actually not against technology or artificial intelligence. I think all of it is cool and useful. I simply hope to show you that on a high level, it's not about choosing whether or not to use these technologies. It's about all of the micro decisions around using them that feed a much larger choice that humanity is making in the next 20, 50, 100 years. The choice between how do I want to live with or start to break away from the systems that disincentivize me from using my God-given gifts. And when we are aware of this choice, then we can choose between limitation and expansion for the wider collective. The choice is ours individually, but also collectively. So I'll close with a reflection on what Shuri said in Black Panther. AI isn't dangerous. It does what I tell it to do. And therein lies the danger. Because if AI does what we tell it to do, then we really need to know who we are. We need to know what triggers us, why, where the grief is, where the rage simmers. If AI does what we tell it to do, we do not want all of that hidden emotion to run the show. 
like in the whole last half of Wakanda Forever. I'll try not to spoil it, but that was a classic story of unchecked internal grief, rage, and emotion surfacing as a real war. It was a really well done modern myth, and I encourage you to watch the film if you haven't. So anyway, if you want to keep contributing to the exact same world we've been living in, then don't get to know the ugly parts of yourself. Don't look in the mirror. Let your emotional body atrophy. But if you want to be a true creator, then learn that the point of creating is to know exactly who you are and share that. Know that the act of creating is done from the core of your spirit rather than from the tech or the tools or the incentive to receive validation or make money. These are all distractions blocking you from knowing how amazing of a creator we were all born to be. No technology, no system can take this away from you unless you agree to it. And on the last note, yes, AI, centralization, decentralization, etc., etc., these technologies are not inherently angelic inventions, nor are they apocalyptic. They are all mirrors, systems that reflect the consciousness that we put into it. If the world is created from intention, then it's created from how and why we choose to build, from how we perceive our own value and share our own life force. It is us and our intention that is really what builds the thing. It isn't the code. It isn't the person you vote for or the physical materials. In my perspective, the sooner we understand that it is you and me and all of us that decide how we want to fill in the consciousness of whatever system or technology or philosophy comes our way, the easier the next mountain will be to climb. Doesn't mean capitalism will disappear. Doesn't mean everyone is automatically going to get fed and healed or that the climate will stop changing or that we will stop feeling feelings. But at least we'll know how to navigate the terrain with awareness and love. So let me ask you a new question. What kind of society can evolve when humanity is connected to its emotions? When it's connected to its soul? When it really sees and feels deeply? I'm sharing this episode at the end of 2022. We are at the brink of climbing another mountain. We can't see the top. It's shrouded by fog. And before we climb, we're invited to look into our many mirrors. Artificial intelligence is one of many things that are simply there to be a mirror. So is social media. So is cryptocurrency. So is whatever new thing comes up in 2023. These are not the types of mirrors that we pat ourselves on the back 
in front of just because we're so impressed about how technologically developed we are to have invented them. Instead, these are mirrors that are there to give humans more chances to see clearly. That it's never about what these technologies, systems, and philosophies can do for us. It's about what we do with these tools, what we tell them to do. And most importantly, who we are when we do it.